0: I want to thank you for being with us today on this very special Veterans Day. I want to say a very special thank you to our adult choir. What a great way to honor all of those who have served. Give the choir a hand. Thank you very much, choir. And I'd also like to say thank you to the Signs and Songs Choir. They've worked very hard. They were actually able to perform the Star-Spangled Banner, uh, the National Anthem, this summer at a minor league baseball game and did such a great job. We wanted to share that with you and thought today would be a very appropriate day for that to take place. So give them a hand as they leave as well. (laughs) And then finally, one more time, I would like all of our veterans who are with us to rise right now, please. One more time. It's uh, not very often that Veterans Day falls on a Sunday. It happens every five, six, seven years, depending on how the calendar falls. And every year we do something around this time to honor our veterans, and that's appropriate that we do that. But when Veterans Day falls on a Sunday, I I just personally am passionate that we need to uh, observe our our national calendar and, and try to learn life lessons that are in front of us. And so this morning, the message is going to be a little different than what you're typically used to, especially the last four sermons. We're way off from uh, Designer Sex Series. Those of you who are visitors today, you'll have to get the tape or the CD. But um, what I want to do today is really two things. Number one, I want to take time and I want to say thank you. I want to remember our veterans, uh, the veterans who are with us, the veterans who have passed on, And, and just say thank you. It is such a blessing to live in the United States of America. We had elections this week. It was a contentious election. Uh, Some of you are smiling. Some of you are frowning. But what you didn't read about was rioting. What you didn't read about was out-of-control violence. What you didn't read about was the military being deployed to try to, to, to quell an uprising. It is a blessing to live in America. But the second thing that I want us to do is, as Christ followers, as Christians, I want to learn from veterans this morning what lessons can we learn from veterans about who they are what they're about the dna of a veteran and how could that play out for Christ followers, as we strive to be salt and light, as we strive to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, as we strive to be the very best Christian that we possibly can be. So with that, I'm going to dive right in, and I have four lessons that I think we can learn today from veterans, and lesson number one is this. Veterans are unconditionally committed to their military service and the cause that they undertake. Number one, veterans are unconditionally committed to their military service and the cause that they undertake. Um, You you probably couldn't see a lot of the faces of the veterans as the choir was singing that beautiful song this morning, and we had the DVD rolling, but as the the people that had served in the Army stood up, or the Navy, or the Air Force, and the Marines, I don't know if we have anybody in the Coast Guard or not, but as they stood up, there was pride. There was excitement. There was uh, honor on their faces. And that's because I've never met a veteran, ever, in my life, who had a half hearted commitment to their area of service. These are men and women who are proud to the very end, passionate beyond passion. I've told this story before, but early in my time here, Typical Sunday morning, preached a sermon, and and one of our veterans, who I love with all my heart, greeted me at at the door as the sermon was over. And I was expecting a a, well done brother Taylor or something along those lines, and I could tell he was angry. He was frustrated. And he said, The American flag. And, And I thought, Oh man, did we not get the American flag on the stage? And the American flag was on the stage. But he said, The eagle on the American flag is not facing forward. And I thought to myself, now that's a commitment right there. I I didn't even realize there was an eagle on the American flag, to be honest with you. But so many of our veterans have a passion, uh, an unconditional commitment to their military service and the cause that they undertake. So what can the church learn from veterans in this regard? Well, I think it's obvious the church should be reminded that we're called to embrace the concept of being sold out for the cause of Christ. We're called to be sold out. We're called to avoid the temptation to be lukewarm, just average in our faith. We live in a day and and an age when the club mentality is prevalent. And I'm in a club. I'm in the Rotary Club. I love the Rotary Club. I I have no issues whatsoever with the Rotary. But it's what I do on Tuesdays at noon most weeks. We do fundraisers several times a year, give our money away to good causes. I've never laid awake at night fretting and worrying about Rotary, ever. I hope I never do. it's, It's a club that I'm a part of. I hope that as you sit here today, that's not your illustration of your faith, just something that you do. Just your Sunday morning kind of thing. We're called to embrace the words of Jesus. Jesus was asked by Pharisees, what's the greatest commandment? And here's what his words were. He didn't even list one of the Ten Commandments. He said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And the second is this, Love yourself as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. Jesus was saying, sell out. Jesus was saying, I should be most important. And so the first lesson that we learned this morning from veterans is we are called to completely sell out for the cause of Christ. And I would just throw this in there. If you're here today and you're hearing this message and you're saying, you know, I think I've bought the club mentality. Faith in Jesus Christ is just a small part of my life. It's not too late to change. Make a change today. Commit like you've never committed before. Plug in like you've never plugged in before. For some of you, a great first step would just start reading your Bible. Start with the Gospel of John. You'll be shocked at what you read if you've never read through the Gospel of John. You'll realize that Jesus was incredible. Sell out for the cause of Christ. The second lesson that I think we can learn from veterans is this. Veterans' lives are changed forever after serving his or her country. Their life is changed forever. I've never met a veteran that said, yeah, you know, I was in for a while and got to go to Hawaii or got to go to Europe, and it just, you know, it was okay. Got to visit a, a, cool, a few cool places, but... Uh, Yeah, I just, it's no big deal. I've never had that testimony, ever. But many veterans have told me how their life was changed forever by serving their country. Now, we need to acknowledge today that some veterans, they pay the ultimate price for service to their country. They gave their life. And we shouldn't forget, we need to remember but Even veterans who serve for four years or for eight years or however long their term is, and, and they come home, and they plug into what we would call normal life, everyday life, they're changed. They're changed forever. It's not just something that they went through. It's a life-changing experience. So what can the church learn from veterans in regards to this. Well, I think the lesson is obvious. The church should embrace the words of Jesus Christ. He said, take up your cross daily and follow me. Take up your cross daily and follow me. So much of life today, have you noticed this, is about saving our life or making our life better. When I come to the office every day, someone is here walking the halls or the the, the family life center of our church or the sanctuary. They're trying to make their life better. And that's a good thing. Keep doing it. By the way, if you need to exercise this winter, your doctor said get out and walk a little bit, come on up. The the building's open uh, Monday through Friday. We'd love to have you come and walk. That'd be great. We're told to eat right. So we don't go to the all-you-can-eat buffet anymore and and pile our plates high and go back two and three times, do we? Some of us still do. We're not supposed to, are we? We eat rabbit food, right? I never thought it would be a time in my life that I would eat salads. I'm a rabbit food kind of guy now. Because we want to be healthy. We want to save our lives. But, But catch the contrast here. Jesus says, if anyone's going to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. You know what Jesus was saying when he, he said, take up your cross every day? Take up your cross daily? He wasn't saying, save your life. He was saying, lose your life. Because in the first century world, when you saw someone carrying a cross, and that was a common sight in the first century world. They didn't have the electric chair. They didn't have the gas chamber. They didn't have death by lethal injection. When someone was sentenced to death in the time of Jesus, much of the time it was death by crucifixion. And in a, what I believe is a very cruel, cruel twist, the person that was sentenced to die on the cross by crucifixion, if they were physically able whatsoever, always had to carry the cross. It was a life lesson. It was an illustration. As this criminal would, would walk through the streets carrying this cross and you saw that take place, you would look at that person and you would say, they're as good as dead. There's no turning back. There's no court system that can overturn it, give you a stay. That's not happening in the first century world. If you see someone carrying your cross, they're as good as dead. Mark it down. Call the newspaper. Start writing the obituary. It is over and jesus says if you're going to come after me you have to die to yourself in luke 9 23 he said if anyone will come after me he must deny himself take up his cross and follow me and so what do we do with this this morning on this veterans day well i would just challenge you if you're a follower of jesus if you're a christ follower What area or areas of your life have you not completely sold out to Christ? Where in your life are you trying to keep one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of God? Jesus says, die to this world. Die to the allure of today. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Lesson number three veterans enjoy and embrace a community of encouragement like almost none other i I tried to think are there communities are there societies that that rival what i see with the vfw or the american legion are they out there they may be but I, i i couldn't name them this morning There is an incredible brotherhood and sisterhood of veterans that, at least in my simple mind, is like almost none other. I I told you earlier, I'm in Rotary, and every Tuesday we meet at the American Legion, and they cook for us. And, man, that's some good eating. Let me tell you, they do a great job cooking. But there's a brotherhood with the men that prepare the meals. And if you go to our Memorial Day service that we host. I see Marge DeVore with us. She's a a big part behind that. You see the brotherhood and the sisterhood and the love that one another has. This Monday and Tuesday, I'm not going to be in Clinton a lot of those days because I am officiating funeral services for two World War II veterans down in Decatur, Sieg Norrington, member of our church, Clayton Proctor, my wife's great uncle, two from the greatest generation, as Tom Brokaw wrote about. And in each case, as the service concludes and we go to the cemetery, there will be a special honor given to these gentlemen by their brothers and, in some cases, sisters in arms. It's an incredible, incredible community of encouragement. We see love and encouragement and community in action. So, So what's the church learn from this? What's our takeaway as Christians? Well, I think the takeaway is this. We should practice and promote authentic Christian community. Authentic Christian community. We need an Acts chapter 2 kind of community. A place where we bear one another's burdens. A place where the term fellowship doesn't just mean let's get together and, and eat. But fellowship means truly caring for one another truly loving one another, truly reaching out for one another. Now, I I have to be honest with you, a church our size, we're a fairly large church. My guess is if you come to church every Sunday at 8.15 and you showed up at 11 o'clock service, there's a whole bunch of people you wouldn't even know. You wouldn't know their names in many ways. You're probably going to struggle to find that kind of community if all you do is go to worship service. I don't like that. I wish that wasn't the case. But a couple handshakes on a Sunday morning are not going to give you what you need as a Christ follower in terms of authentic Christian community. And so this morning, if you're not in a Sunday school class, can I encourage you? That's some great Bible school options. If you're not in a link group, If you're not in a service group, we've got an army of volunteers, many of you didn't even know this, they get together most Tuesday afternoons and they help us get our newsletter out in the mail. And they go to lunch ahead of time and they have a fun time, they tease me, they're always giving me a hard time about something. It's a neat community of involvement. You know what the qualifications for that community are? You have to be able to fold the paper and you have to be able to put a little piece of scotch tape on it or take a label and put a label. All of you are qualified. My point is this. If 815 Sunday is your only slice of Christian community, you're missing out. If you don't know where to turn, look me up. Look Ernie up, Adam up, Jim up, Kent up. We want you plugged in. See, authentic Christian community is difference-making. Listen to the words of Peter, late in his life, right before he, he died a martyr's death. Here's what he writes in 1 Peter 4. He says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Now, if anyone speaks... He should do it as the one speaking the very words of God, and if anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Peter's encouragement, love one another deeply, offer hospitality, use the gifts that God has given you, administer God's grace. That's a picture of authentic Christian community. I've got one final lesson that I think we can learn from veterans, and here's my observation, veterans understand that every role in the military is an important and needed position of service. Now, I need to tell a story on myself this morning, and I want to keep it between the 300 of us if we can, but I have a, a friend who is a minister who was in the army, Ed Bacon, some of you know him. He was a preacher up at Wapella Christian Church, and he served from 1986 to 1989 He served in Germany. Now, this was not wartime. This was peacetime, and he was a chaplain assistant. And uh, myself and another one of uh, our friends, for for many years, would tease Ed. We would make fun of him, that, um, that he was nothing more than a glorified chauffeur. Now, some of you are already getting mad at me. I can see it coming in many ways. And we would kind of bust his chops in many ways, and you know he he would uh, maybe embellish a little bit what he did in service to his country, and there'd be this give and take going back and forth. Well, we had this conversation at, at one point in, in the presence of a, a, a veteran, uh, an older member of of, uh, of the human race. I think he was in his sixties at the time, and, and a wonderful, wonderful Christian man, and he wasn't laughing at all. And he got right up in my grill, and he let me know, chaplain assistant, general, whatever it may be, every role is important, and every role is needed, and I needed to knock off the funny business. That's a quote. (laughs) And it just reminded me, I'm just trying to have fun with a friend, by the way, but it reminded me that, you know what? Every role does matter. Every role is important. It doesn't matter if you're in the special forces unit or if you're cooking on, on a Navy ship. You're making a difference for your country. So, so what do we learn as Christians from veterans in this way? Well, I think we are reminded that we should practice and promote what we call every member ministry. And again, if you're here a lot, that's not a new phrase. We've thrown that out. In fact, on a Wednesday night, I think three weeks ago, we studied every member ministry in depth and kind of the biblical roots of it. And, and the idea, if, you're, if you are a visitor and you're not a part of our church or the Independent Christian Church, w- we don't believe that I'm a better Christian than you are just because I have the title Minister of Preaching and Teaching. We don't believe that our elders are, are better Christians than, than people who wear the label of Christ follower. We're all in this together, and we're all called to be involved in ministry. And so, again, I say to you, if you're not plugged in, if you're not serving, we have some incredible difference-making ministries at FCC, and, and we want you to be a part of at least one of them. For instance, every Monday and Thursday from 1 to 3, we open our food pantry to the community. 300 families a month potentially make their way through those doors. And we need help at times other than just one to three. We have people like Bob Cox. I don't know if Bob's here today or not. Um, He is a machine in going and picking up our food and delivering it. He's a tireless, tireless worker. And at some point, Bob's going to say, I I, I can't do it anymore. Or I need to scale back. We need people like Velma and Connie. And I shouldn't have started naming names because I'm going to forget names. But we, we have so many people that come up here and help put the boxes together. Barb Baker's ministry that that she is overseeing does an incredible, incredible job, and there's room for you. What about our children's ministry? I can't tell you the number of times I'll meet with couples that want to get married at our church, and they will say their connection with this church was Agape Land or youth groups or Sunday school or VBS. It's an incredible, incredible ministry, and I'll tell you, we need people qualified people, passionate people, loving people that will plug in and say, yes, I'll help with Sunday school. Yes, I'll help with youth groups. Yes, I'll help with breakfast club. I'm here. Plug me in. We have a Sunday school class, and many of you know this because you've been blessed by it, the Lord Led Ladies class. uh, Judy Shaw is the teacher. They write cards of encouragement every week. If you're up, you get an encouraging card. If you're down, you get a a card of sympathy. Sympathy. A card letting you know that people are praying for you. My kids get birthday cards. They don't know most of the people writing their names, but they love it. They think it's great. That's ministry. It's ministry that impacts. It's ministry that makes a difference. Listen to Romans 12. Here's what the Apostle Paul says. He says, just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We, we have different gifts, he says, according to the grace given us. And then he says, if a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, giving, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. All of you, if you are a Christ follower, you have a gift God has given you. Don't stay on the sidelines. Use your gifts for the glory of God. And you know what will happen? God's kingdom will be blessed, and you will be blessed. A couple weeks ago, Ernie was gone on one of his many many trips that he took, and uh, he asked me if I would come and share with Breakfast Club. And i got to be honest with you, you know, Friday morning, that's my quote-unquote day off, and it was a beautiful day. It had go ride your bike 30 miles written all over it. And, you know, I I just have to be honest with you. I did not want to get up and drive in and be here at 7 o'clock and hang out with, you know, 55 junior high and senior high students. It wasn't really in my heart of passion just to be truthful with you. And uh, it ended up being maybe the highlight of that week for me in many ways. I actually, I sat there and I thought, you know, shame on me. These kids come every Friday morning at 7.15 before school to eat and hear God's word proclaimed. Shame on me that I didn't have a better attitude about that. But as I drove away that morning, I I was blessed to be able to start my morning with 55 teenagers. When you serve, you are blessed as well. So what's the bottom line this morning? Well, the bottom line is this. The temptation on a day like today, Veterans Day, is to simply say thanks. And we do say thank you. To my veterans, I I hope you've heard us say, we thank you for your service. We thank you for the difference that you have made. But this morning, we strive not only to say thank you, but to learn life lessons that help us better fulfill our purpose as a church. Not for our glory, but for God's glory. Let's pray. God, thank you for today, and I thank you for this very special day. And it's my hope and my prayer that As we move forward, we will continually look for ways that we can be better followers of your Son, Jesus Christ. We love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. And we hope that's your prayer this morning, is that you can be a better follower.